Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. Today is a precursor for next week. Today is the setup for both messages on next week. The gift of Christ. If you will, I want you to join me over in Isaiah. I love what the prophet Isaiah had to say about this whole thing that's getting, that we're getting ready to talk about. Isaiah 7 and 14. Isaiah 7 and 14 says this. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. God with us. Hold on to that thought. His name will be called Emmanuel. There's something about a name. God with us. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7 says this. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7 For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders. I can stop right there. That just gave me some peace. That just gave me, just like peace just came all over my body. The government will rest on his shoulders, not a Democrat's shoulders, not a Republican's shoulders, but on his shoulders. Some of y'all ain't watching the news these days. Y'all better pay attention. I'm dead. Y'all better pay very close attention. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And his government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. I'm going to jump down now to the New Testament. Meet me over in Luke chapter 2. Verses 1 through 7. Now, before I read it, I'm going to tell you why I like Luke. Not every single gospel records the birth of Jesus, but I like Luke because historians and theologians will tell you about this man named Luke who was hired to write the entire story of of the uh, uh, the entire story of the ministry of Jesus. Now, when Luke went and got his resources, his main resource, his main point of reference came from Jesus's mother, the woman we know, the virgin named Mary. That's who Luke sat with while he was writing. That's who he got detailed, blow by blow, action points. Luke got all of this stuff, most of it. The vast majority of his references came from the mother of Jesus, Mary. So when I read Luke, I want you to understand that he is, he is writing from what he heard from the very mouth of the woman, the virgin that gave birth to our Savior. That's something good. Luke chapter 2, 1 through 7. I'm getting a little excited this morning because this is good. 
At that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. Pause right there. Put your finger on the pause button. Isaiah 7. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor, David. Luke chapter 2. Joseph had to go back to his hometown where he was a descendant of David. Now, let me fix that in case you're confused here. We're talking about Joseph, Jesus' earthly father. The prophet, some 700 years prior to the actual birth, said all of these things on behalf of God would happen. And you and I are reading right here in Scripture that Joseph, who was a descendant of King David, who was also the biological, not the, 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 the earthly father of Jesus, had to go to his home in Judea. He traveled there from a village of Nazareth in Galilee. I want to point all of this stuff out in a minute. See how, why this makes sense. He took with him Mary, his fiance, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. As I was reading these scriptures long ago, especially when I first became a Christian, it really bothered me because because I've always heard that Jesus was the son of God. And I would say and, and I read this and I say, God, why would you allow your son to be born in such crazy conditions? Uh, you allow him to be born from a, a virgin. Now, she's got to tell this to people she encounter and they're looking at her like, girl, you know, you wasn't no virgin. That's just not how it happens. Uh, according to, uh, of course, science wasn't a big thing, but according to what we know naturally, uh, a man and woman come together, they know each other, and from knowing each other, they conceive a baby. And you're telling me that God up in the sky impregnated you. Girl, you crazy. Why would God allow his son to be born like that? Why would God allow his son to be born in a place where he didn't even have nowhere to lay his head? He had to be born in a barn and then placed in a feeding trough. Why would God allow his only begotten son to be born in such crazy conditions? I would say if I had my way and if it was up to me and if I was God, which I will never, ever declare to be, at least not anymore. I used to back in the day when I was a sinner. But if I was God, if it was me and I had the opportunity to bring my son into the world, I would put him in a palatial place, in a palace. And, 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 and if, if I couldn't do that, at least uh, if while he was coming there for this great festival, uh, I, you know, and, and he was with his 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 earthly father and and mother, I wouldn't I would, I would make sure at a minimum that he would have somewhere decent to lay his head. I wouldn't allow my son to be born in such crazy. If it was me so that the story would be painted uh, much better than I anticipated, I would have him be born from Joseph and Mary naturally. 
I would say, you know what, Joseph, know Mary. I want you to know Mary. When I say that, y'all understand what I mean. We got kids in the room. Know Mary and then together you conceive a child, but I'm going to adopt that child as my own. That's the way I would do it because this way Mary wouldn't have to deal with no mess. This way my son, there wouldn't be no junk behind how my son is born. But you know what? As I thought about it, I said, had Jesus been born in a palatial setting, in a palace, then he wouldn't be accessible to common folk. Had he been born in a place where, 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 where he was privileged, the so-called unprivileged wouldn't get access to him. Had he been born uh, uh, with all royalty, none of us commoners would have had access to him. Had he been born with all of, of, of the things that great Jewish people had in that time, Gentiles and others wouldn't have access to him. Had he been born in conditions where God wouldn't have to show up, we wouldn't know that there is a God. God allowed these things to happen for a reason, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, but let me give you some history lessons. And I know that some of y'all in here are history buffs, so this is a good time to pay attention. There was approximately 700 years between the prophecy of, of Isaiah and the birth of Jesus. In other words, when Isaiah said these things, it's unto us a child will be born uh, and his name will be Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, he will be the Prince of Peace. And when he was saying all of these things, there was 700 years in between the time that the prophecy was fulfilled. Now you understand why people doubted when Jesus finally came, like 700 years. Now all of a sudden you show up, now you understand it. And guess what? It's been 2,000 years since they prophesied that he will return. Don't get comfortable. Don't be surprised because he's going to show back up and you won't believe it when he comes and you think that he's not really here and you're going to miss it and you'll wander for 40 years or more. In the middle of the time of Isaiah's prophecy and Jesus's birth at the end of the prophecy of Malachi, God chose to be silent for 400 years. In other words, he didn't speak to another prophet he didn't speak through another prophet for 400 years. This is called the age or the era of silence where God didn't speak to his people through prophets. Many believe that during this time, God was preparing the people to receive his son, the savior. Jesus comes and you may be curious, why did he come when he came? Why not sooner? Why not later? Why then? Well, my brothers and sisters, Jesus comes at a time when there was chaos in the land and the Romans had ruled everything. Uh, Jewish people struggled for several years, over a hundred years prior to the birth of Jesus. Here are some of the things that happened to the Jewish people in that area. In 168 BC, before Christ, there was Antiochus IV. Uh, who tried to totally uh, 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 obliterate every trace of Jewish religion. He canceled services. He desecrated the temple. He wanted to totally destroy anything that represented Jewish religion. At the same time, there was a movement of Hellenistic belief. People were growing in, uh, further away from the Jewish culture and accepting this Hellenistic belief system. 
For a brief period, the Jewish people enjoyed independence for roughly 80 years until Julius Caesar uh, uh, took power and his political influence turned the Republic of Rome into the Roman Empire. And up under the Roman Empire, beginning in 63 BC, they ruled everything. They ruled parts of Africa, Egypt, all over the land. Parts of Spain, the Roman Empire had control. Then there was this one guy that pops his ugly head up, a fake believer, if you will. He was really Hellenistic in his belief system, but he played the game well. His name was Herod the Great. Herod the Great was in position at this time. A matter of fact, he was so playing the game so much that he had the Roman people who were in power appoint him king of Jews. That's interesting. Who's on a, how can you appoint somebody who's not a part of your belief system to be ruler over your people? It was all a political move. Herod the Great, who was the appointed king of the Jewish people by the Roman authorities, heard about the Messiah coming. And he set out on a quest to have him killed. But then God, in his perfect timing, this is history for you. In his perfect timing, he fulfilled yet another prophecy. A prophecy that would come from a prophet by the name of Hosea, who said that the son would come out of Egypt. And because Herod had been looking for Jesus, Joseph took Mary and Jesus and they escaped to Egypt. And when Herod died, guess what? The son came out of Egypt. Prophecy fulfilled yet again. I say all that to say this, my brothers and sisters. Whatever God said is going to happen, you better believe it. You can take it to the bank. It is real. Uh, As we celebrate the season of his son, Jesus Christ, who came and died for us, rose three days later, ascended into heaven, and you and I are still waiting his return, you best believe that he is coming back. I dare you today in your spare time, To look through the book of Revelations and you will see that a lot of what you read in that book written by one of Jesus' own disciples, disciple that Jesus loved called John. You will see some similarities in the stuff that you read in Revelation with the world that you and I live in today. This is a time, my brothers and sisters, that as we reflect on the gift that's under the trees that we reflect on a gift that was wrapped in swaddling clothing and placed in a feeding trough. Because of him, oh, my brothers and sisters, I know some of y'all are panicking about the raises and tax and how it's going to affect you. But you got to understand what the Bible says. He said the government and all of its peace will rest on the shoulders of the son that came out of Egypt and was born for you and I. As we think about this season, and I know so many people are worried, they turn on the news, they look at social media, and see a country divided. We see a country divided down racial lines. We see a country divided down political lines. We see a country divided in so many areas, but I want to tell you something. When God created the heavens and the earth, there was no America. When God sent his son, America wasn't even on his mind. People were on his mind. People that he loved, 
You and me, people that were lost, people that would need a savior to save them, people that would need God's grace to bring them out of their current circumstances and situations. God didn't think about politics. He thought about people. And when he sent his son wrapped in a perfect, beautiful gift for you and I, born to untraditional and perhaps unconditional circumstances, he did it with you and I in mind. He didn't allow him to be born into a palace because he wanted everybody to have access. He didn't allow him to be born in a situation that was ideal because he wanted you to know that even in your mess, you got access to my son. The first people he spoke to were shepherds. Why didn't he tell the high priests? The first people he spoke to were stinky, funky, out there with the sheep shepherds. Not wealthy people, not smart people, but working people. Why did he do that and not to these religious leaders, these well-to-do people? He did that so you and I could always remember, no matter how low you are, how disconnected you are, my son is accessible to you. This gift that I've prepared for you, my only begotten son, is for all who believe. It's for all who, 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 who want to know what this grace really is. When you look at the circumstances and the situation regarding the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, people who always often want to make complaints and, and make funny uh, comments about December 25th. Can you imagine if we celebrated Jesus' birthday on when we think he was born, which is during the warmer time of the year, how much we would have missed it? But what we did was, and I won't say we hijacked it, but what we did was during a time when there was a big pagan celebration, we took and, and, and decided to commemorate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And it's a good thing that we do that because as the worship leader just said a while ago, believers, non-believers, they're all singing praise to Jesus. As they're singing the carols, they don't even realize that they're worshiping God, the believer and the non-believer, all because our early church fathers decided today is the day we're going to commemorate the Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. They were wiser than we thought. They were on to something. Even the believer and non-believer gets time off and I know they're celebrating and I know they're buying gifts for their kids and putting them under the tree. But guess what? At the end of the day, they can put an X and try to cross out Jesus, but you can't take him out of the equation because his reign, his, he, he reigns forevermore. You can X him out all you want. We know many have tried to do that. They've tried to tear down the church, his bride. They've tried to tear down the belief system. They've tried and they've been unsuccessful for thousands of years. The true meaning of this season is to remind you that a Savior was born. Not just for Jewish people, but for all who would believe. John tells us that, 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 that God sent his son. That so, whomever, so whosoever believes in him shall have life and have it. I love this part, abundantly. In other words, you don't have just regular life. You don't have check, uh, click the time clock and, and check out and, and, and schedule life. You got abundant life in Christ. 
Apart from Christ, you just got life. But with Christ, you've got abundant. Abundant means overflow, more than you need. You've got an excess of it. Extra, abundant, more than you could ever fathom. And I know some of y'all may be going through some things. I know that they may not click with you right now. But I want to tell you, you just keep on hanging on, tie into that gift called grace of God. And I dare you, I dare you, I dare you just to believe in it just for a second that he came for you. He died for you. And if it wasn't for him, where would we be? I dare you to believe that in this upcoming year, what God has in store for you. The thing is this, whatever you've gone through this year, I promise you it's better on the other side. Keep on pressing. Keep on believing. Keep on holding. And don't miss the true meaning of this season. Uh, Other scriptures will tell you that as Mary and Joseph had their child. They were looking for somewhere to deliver this baby. Before they had the baby, they were looking for somewhere. And the innkeeper missed it. Oh, if I was the innkeeper, I would have gave up my own room had I known that that was the Messiah. But the innkeeper missed it. All the people that were gathering for for this wonderful celebration, uh, they missed it. They overlooked it. All of these people. If I was Herod, instead of trying to be in control, I would have blessed them. Because that means I would have had a special blessing for myself. But old Herod thought he knew more than God. He thought that he knew more than God. And that if he eliminated the Messiah, that he could truly be the king of kings and lord of lords. If I was Herod, I would have said, where is that baby? Bless me right now with your little hand. Hit me over the head with your nipple. I don't care. Bless me right now with your boba, with your pacifier. I need it because you are the Messiah. Instead of trying to kill him, he missed it. And what I don't want to happen, my brothers and sisters, is that you miss it. That you miss the true meaning of this season. That you miss why he came. Let me go back over these things. According to Isaiah. Hallelujah. Isaiah tells us from the very beginning that he'll be called Emmanuel. God with us. That's enough for you to eat on and chew on for a long time. His name will be called Emmanuel. Then he ties this in just two chapters later. The government will rest on his shoulders, meaning the ruling authority of the time. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Oh, that's good news for somebody. Because sometimes your friends can't give you the answers that you need. That's good news for somebody. Because the person that you're paying $100 to call a psychologist can't give you the answers. That's good news for somebody. Because you've been reading these self-help books and they ain't done nothing for you. That's good news for somebody. You try to talk to pastor, but you still ain't been changed. That's good news for somebody that Jesus is the wonderful counselor. You don't have to worry about self-help books or, 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 or your psychologist or psychiatrist. You've got Jesus, the wonderful counselor. Medicine don't do it sometime for you, but you got a wonderful counselor. And his name is Jesus, God with us. Bible says he is a mighty God. 
It says, he is called Wonderful Counselor and Mighty God. Oh, I love that part, Mighty God, because some of us sometimes go through moments in our lives, seasons where we're just too weak to keep on keeping on. Sometimes we need the strength of God, but that's the beauty of it because his name is Emmanuel, God with us. So it's his strength that we can rely on. I love what the, what, what the, what the Apostle Paul said, when I am weak, therefore I am strong, so I only boast in Christ. Who gives me strength. This is why he's called a mighty God. There's some stuff you've been carrying and it's beating you down. I dare you today to stop carrying it and give it to the mighty God. There's some stuff that you know that you need to just give up. Just I dare you as you're getting ready to wrap until the next Sunday, which is the last Sunday of the year. Whatever you're carrying, give it to Emmanuel, mighty God, God with us because it's too heavy for you. This is why you've been struggling. Christians shouldn't have to struggle. Bible said we'll face persecution, but we don't have to struggle. Struggle comes by our own doing. Struggle comes when we take matters into our own hand. Struggle comes when we think we know better than God. Struggle comes when we stop relying on God. Struggle comes when we try to figure life out on our own. God says, you don't need to do that. I'm sending an advocate for you. All you have to do is reach out to the advocate called the Holy Spirit, and he, he will make way for you. Oh, man, I'm preaching better than y'all responding this morning. Bible says he is the everlasting father. In other words, the government will rest on his shoulder. God, government, there are no terms. What do I mean by that? He don't serve four terms or eight terms. He served forevermore. It's everlasting. He is the everlasting father. I don't care if your daddy left you long ago or you don't know your daddy. You got a daddy and his name is God Almighty. And his son is everlasting father. Emmanuel, God with you. You got a father you can call on. You got somebody. Maybe he can't play catch with you, but he can certainly catch all of your worries he can catch all of your doubts he can catch all of your stress he can catch all of your mess he is the everlasting father somebody gotta say amen this morning Woo! bible says he is the prince of peace you got to understand hierarchy if he's a prince that means there's a king and we know that that that, 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 that if he is the prince of peace, then that means that Jehovah Shalom, God, is the God of peace, his father. And whatever you're going through, this y'all got to catch this. This is what, what I'm saying here. He is the prince of peace. No matter what you're going through, he is the one that gives you peace. The world around you could be chaotic. The walls could be coming in on you. But I dare you to say, Jesus, that's all you got to say. And there's a sudden peace that could come over your life. All you got to do is cry out, Jesus. And there's a sudden peace that comes. Remind him of his title. Remind him of his authority. Remind him of his position. He is the prince of peace. You ain't going through nothing by yourself. You've got God with you all the time. He is the Prince of Peace. Things may not look good. They may look bleak. Especially if you turn on the news. I turn on the news every day in Atlanta. I almost have a contest with myself to see how many people are going to get killed today. Every day there's a shooting. Every day there's violence in this land. I'm afraid to turn it on and see what's happening. 
Every time you turn around, there's something new happening in the world of politics. Uh, there's this new thing. Uh, 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 everybody's now being accused of sexual harassment. I won't touch that this morning. Don't make me. Seems like there's no good news in the world. And the truth is, that is accurate. There is no good news in the world. Because the good news comes from the gospel. And that's why the gospel is called good news. So if you're turning on the news looking for good news, you ain't going to find it. But if you open up your Bible and turn to a psalm or a proverb, there you'll find good news. Oh, I'm preaching better than y'all talking to me this morning. He is the prince of peace. He is the wonderful counselor. He is a mighty God and the government, meaning the ruling authority of heaven and earth. Let me fix that so you catch it. Walk with this. Take this with you. A special gift to you so you don't have to worry. The government, the ruling authority of heaven and earth. I know there's threats of war, but in heaven we study war no more. You've got to be connected to the source, the government, the ruling authority of heaven and earth rests on the shoulders of the Savior that was born, whose birth we commemorate during this season. The believer and the non-believer, whether they choose to or not, the government rests on his shoulder, the ruling authority of this land. They could raise the tax bill all they want. I ain't worried about it. I don't care who's in office tomorrow. You could put the Duke of the KKK up there. I ain't worried about it. Because his term is four years, but God's is forevermore. He is the ruling authority of heaven and earth. I don't care what your boss say. They're the ruling authority at your job. God is the ruling authority of heaven and earth. He knows the plans he has for you. Hallelujah. He says, and his government and its peace <laughs> will never end. His government and its peace, catch that. What he's telling you is that his government his ruling authority of heaven and earth is all about peace. You shouldn't worry about what's happening here on earth if you've got faith in God. You shouldn't worry about what's happening in, in the economy if you've got faith in God. Everybody's going crazy investing into this Bitcoin. And I'm saying, good grief, y'all pouring all your money into this thing that's going to fly away, going to go away. I dare you to invest in the one thing that's still standing, ain't never going to go away. The currencies have changed, and it's called the kingdom. Oh, my God. I knew it was going to get quiet. I ain't asking y'all for no money. I ain't asking you for no money. That's your business. But what I am saying is don't be out there rushing to invest in this Bitcoin if you ain't investing in the kingdom. Just like Bitcoin just popped up out of nowhere, guess what? Something else is going to come 10, 20 years from now. But the kingdom of God reigns forevermore. The kingdom ain't went nowhere yet. It's still here, still in existence. They're trying to tear it down. They're trying to say it's irrelevant. But it still stands. 
The safest investment you can make is into the kingdom of God. Not Bitcoin, not the stock market, but the kingdom of God. Not real estate, but the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the safest investment you can make. And here's the point I want to get and then we're done. And he will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor, David. This is how long? For all of eternity. You and I will depart from this earth and he'll still be ruling. You and I will leave this earthly vessel, but he'll still be ruling. 20, 30, 400 years from now, he'll still be ruling. What did I say earlier? It was 700 years between the time that the prophet Isaiah spoke the prophecy about the birth of Jesus. It was 700 years before he was born. Ain't none of us going to live that long. We're lucky to live 70 or 100. Hear me. Hear me. Just because you won't witness it, just because you don't see it, don't mean it ain't going to happen. Stop thinking about right now and start thinking about later on, especially if you got a lineage, especially if you have children who will have children. Think about their future. Think about what God is saying. And the thing is, the foundation you lay for your children will determine the future of the children, your children's children. Lay a solid foundation. Quick story and then I'm done. The other day we had these, I won't call them winter storms because everybody was out having fun. It wasn't a storm. We just got snow in Georgia. You get snow in Georgia, all of a sudden it's a blizzard. It's not a blizzard. You know, some places had a foot. Most places didn't. So it wasn't a blizzard. But what I will say is in my backyard, I've got these young, young uh, pine trees that are trying to grow up. And the snow and the ice was on them. And I took a video of it. If you follow me on Facebook, you may have saw it. And the tree, and I, don't, I didn't take pictures, so don't ask. But the tree, uh, because of the snow and ice, the weight of the snow made the tree fall like this, leaning. Okay? Wasn't dead, didn't break, just leaning. And I was telling somebody, I think I was telling a Mosul, me and him were talking. I said, no, they're not down. I said, but uh, after this snow melts, they'll come back up. Why? Because their roots are strong. And I said, watch, they're going to come back up. So the snow went away. We've been having 60-degree weather. That's Georgia. It will snow one week, and then it'll, it'll be 60 degrees tomorrow. People wearing shorts and flip-flops. I'm like, chill with all that madness. It ain't, we, listen, it ain't even like that. We in Georgia. Okay? We not in Miami. We in Georgia. All right? We ain't in Puerto Rico. We in Georgia. All right? Chill with the madness. They get crazy. Open-toe shoes. It ain't the season. It's over with. You missed it. Too late. <laughs> Put your regular shoes back on. Some sneakers or something. But I look in the backyard. The trees are leaning, but they're standing back up. Why? Because their roots are strong. The so-called storm came. The trees were buried in the snow of the storm, but because the roots were strong, 
they stood back up once the storm was over. And what I want to tell you all today, everybody under the sound of my voice, if you open and unwrap the gift that was wrapped in swaddling clothing and laid in a feeding trough, I want to tell you today that when you may be beat down, you may be bended down, but when the storm is over, you'll stand back up. You will stand strong, but it's all about having the right foundation, making sure your roots are planted deep into fertile ground, fertile soil, but it comes from unwrapping the gift that was wrapped in swaddling clothing and lying in a feeding trough. It begins with the understanding and the celebration of a real Jesus, a real Messiah, a real Savior that came to save a wretch like you and me. Where we were once lost, but now we're found. Where we were once blind, but hallelujah, we now see. We know the difference between right or wrong. We know the difference between what's good and evil. We know how to make decisions that give him honor and bring glory to his name. So as you sit and partake of the wonderful meals, and I know y'all got stuff already cooking. Amen, amen. Amen. I just tell me where to pick up my plate and I will. Hallelujah. While you partake of your food and your meals and unopen the gifts up under your tree, pause for just a moment in prayer to receive and unwrap the true gift, the true reason we celebrate the Savior, the Messiah, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the Prince of Peace whose government and all of its peace is for you and I. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.